0: let's stand together and sing. You have come We have found our ever. Here in this place For the Spirit of the Lord is here The evidence is all around That the Spirit of the Lord is here Overflow in this place Fill our hearts with your love i Make this your prayer today, Spirit of God, full fresh all. Oh.
1: Church. Today I I want to call our church into a week of prayer and fasting.
2: Uh,
1: Oftentimes in Scripture, a a man of God or a leader of the people of God would sense the Spirit of the Lord. And to call the people into, sometimes in Scripture it's called a solemn assembly, and other times it's an extended fast, or other times it's an extended prayer time. And, and that's what I'm doing, is that I'm calling us into this uh, sacred place, and into this place where we would focus in on God. And in, in your chair when you came in is this little devotional guide uh, related to fasting. It's on fasting. And we provided this for you, and there's one page per day, and uh, just for you to use alongside your normal uh, devotional reading. And if, if you participate with us in the year-long devotional book every year, you do that. But you do this in addition for this week. We've also made this digitally available uh, at church.at forward slash fast. And for those of you who have questions about fasting, we also have some material there uh, about fasting that you can pick up and learn uh, about fasting. In addition to that, uh, every morning at 6.30, we'll email you a little video of one of our pastors who, who will uh, pray over you and read scripture over you and, and encourage you. And so if we don't have your email address and you want that video, fill out a connect card to make sure we have your email address or make sure that we have an updated email address. And every day this week, we'll send you that prayer video. In addition, every day this week, we're going to, at the lunch hour not in the morning at six, like we have in years past, but at the lunch hour at 12 o'clock from 12 to 1245 at every campus, we'll gather and we'll worship and we'll pray and we'll read scripture together uh, during this fasting season. And so again, let me just say it to you again, because some of you weren't listening that not at the six o'clock hour in the morning, but at the noon hour, we'll gather at every campus and we'll pray. And during these seven days, we're giving ourselves to prayer and to fasting. And fasting is a spiritual discipline, and it is designed to align our will with God's will. And so we're fasting in order to deepen our relationship with God and to ensure that our pursuits and and, uh, our plans are led by Him and are actually from Him. And and fasting is a challenge, and fasting is a discipline. And there are a lot of different reasons in the Bible uh, presented for fasting. Uh, you, You can fast to strengthen in your prayer life you can fast to express grief or, or or repentance which which is a great bible word the word repentance we we've made it an awful word and, and a mean word in and our culture today because you've seen some weirdo on a street corner screaming at everybody repent and, and but but the bible says that uh from that time on jesus began to preach and, and to teach repent for the kingdom of God is near and, and all repent means is the changing of your mind. It's the changing of your mind, which is the grace of God that, that would even make that possible. That we could change our mind, that we were headed this direction and, and, and because of the grace of God, we can turn and, and come back this way, come back towards him and come back towards his way and his heart and the things of God. Repent for the kingdom of God is near. Sometimes believers are dealing with some of the things they're dealing with because they're the king of their own kingdom. Rather than letting the king of kings sit on the throne and and sometimes fasting calls us into this repentance phase where we put the king of kings on the throne of every facet of our lives. You can fast to seek God's guidance or God's deliverance, or or, or God's protection. Look look at what God said in in the book of Isaiah in chapter 58, I think, yeah, verse 6. Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and uh, untie the cords of the yoke and to set the oppressed free and to break every single yoke. Fasting is this physical expression of humility before God. And for those of you who are new to fasting or never maybe participated in a fast before, I just want to say this to you. How you fast is so much more important than what you fast from. And there are some of you who are athletes and you play a high school sport or a collegiate sport and a physical fast from all food, which is what we're suggesting this week, that you abstain from food. And dairy, and you just drink water and juice for for one week. But some of you, because of your physical rigorous activity, you, you, you couldn't do that. So maybe you'll fast from media or social media or digital everything and, or, or, or whatever it is. But there, there are things that get a hold of us. And, and if we're not careful, they will have a hold on us. And, and they shouldn't as the children of God. And I, I'll just say to you, uh, food is one of those things for me. I, I think it's a spiritual gift I have, just eating. I'm really good at it, actually. And, and, uh, and, and finding great food. I, I'm not into eating just anything, but, but finding great food. And, and uh, sometimes, if I'm not careful, it will have a hold on me. And this week is a week where, where I, I give it to God and let him break that hold on my life. And whatever it is. Sometimes in years past, we've done this Daniel fast where you do vegetables and grains. And, and my dilemma with that is that it's, it appears that most of the church during that season is focused on recipes, on how to make something bean taste like meat, you know, and how to make a sprout taste like a pasta. And it just becomes the wrong focus because the focus is not supposed to be on all of that. The focus is supposed to be on God. And so I just want to encourage you to... to use the fast to get your focus on God and let your physical response of hunger lead you into a spiritual hunger. Last night I was thinking about this and praying about this and preparing for this and and I wrote down three things about fasting that I just want to give you real quick today. The the first one is, is that fasting gives you more time for prayer. That you use all of the time that you would normally prepare, eat, and clean up from a meal, which is for me typically just one third of those things. But for some of you, it's all three and and, or the time that you would be driving to a meal. And and so you take all of that time and all of that energy and you use it in prayer to talk to God, to hear from God, to listen to God and, and to find out what it is that God wants to do among us this year. Which is why we're taking the meal time, the lunchtime, to gather at every campus. And by the way, if, if you work downtown, go to the downtown campus. If it's closer to where you work or, or midtown, or it doesn't matter which campus you go to. But in the Bible, I want you to hear me, that fasting is always connected with prayer. It's not fasting to starve yourself. It's fasting so that you can spend more time in prayer. The, the second thing I wrote down is this, that fasting demonstrates the depth of your desire when you're praying. It shows that you mean business with God. And it shows that you are serious enough about your prayer request to pay a personal price. And and one of the things that I found out in my own personal experience is that God honors deep desire and God honors praying in faith. He honors it. The the third thing is that fasting releases God's supernatural power in our lives. Fasting is a tool at our disposal as the children of God, in our tool belt where there is opposition to God's will. And and by the way, the devil would like nothing more than than to cause division or discouragement or defeat or depression or doubt among the children of God and among the, uh, the kids of the king. But united prayer and united fasting has always been used by the church to deliver a decisive blow to the enemy. Moses uh, fasted before he received the Ten Commandments. The Israelites fasted before m- miraculous victories. The uh, Daniel fasted in, in, in order to receive guidance from God. Nehemiah fasted before he went into some major building project. Jesus himself fasted uh, as he gained victory over the temptation of the devil. The first Christians fasted during uh, every decision-making time. And, and so our focus... For this week, I want to read to you out of the mouth of Jesus Christ in Luke chapter 4, where it says, then Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit's power. And as we're in this series called anointing or or anointed, I I want you to know almost every time you could interchange the the Holy Spirit for the word anointing. That's what anointing is, is to be full of and led by the Holy Spirit. And that's what every believer needs when it comes to the Holy Spirit, is to be full and led, full of the Holy Spirit and led by the Holy Spirit. And it says, even Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit's power, he went back to Galilee. Reports were spreading quickly throughout the whole region. He taught regularly in in the synagogue and was praised by everyone. In verse 16, when he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue. It's interesting that Jesus had a habit of corporate worship. It, it, it was as usual. It was a part of his habit. And, and uh, for some of you, I just feel led to say, what, what if you were in church 52 Sundays in 2019? 52 Sundays. Let me just tell you something. Your life would be better. God would do something fresh and and, and anew in you. What what if 52 weeks a year you, you, you were in the Word of God? and you were reading the Scripture day after day after day after day during the year uh, 2019, it, it would be better for you. I promise you your life would be different, and it would be better. He went as usual to the synagogue, and he stood as usual to read the Scripture. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me. There's the word for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released. He has anointed me to declare that the blind will see. He has anointed me to declare that the oppressed will be set free and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. How many of you believe that there is a time of the Lord's favor and, and, and that's what we want to walk in and live in, in and under the favor of God. And so today we're we're going to enter into a time of worship and prayer at, at every campus the lord's supper elements are, are provided and and are put at the front at battle creek i think it's at the front and at the back and, and the altars will be open at every campus during the entire service today for you to come and if you want to sit at your chair or kneel at your chair or stand or come to the altar and pray and in fact at every campus i'm going to ask that if you are here praying at the altar and you want somebody to pray with you or for you, just slip your hand up and, and, and the campus pastors will kind of see to it that somebody will come and pray with you and pray for you and pray over you. But, but we want to let the Holy Spirit structure the service today. And, and my instruction is be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And obey Him today. And as we spend some time in prayer as a way to prepare ourselves for this fast and ask for the Holy Spirit's anointing, would you be sensitive to his leading? And I just want to begin by praying over you. Would you bow your heads at every campus? Lord, I I, I pray today over our church. Father, I pray over men and women and boys and girls, and I pray, Father, for an anointing, that they would be full of the Holy Spirit and led by the Holy Spirit, that they would be sensitive to and respond to the Holy Spirit. I I pray, Father, that this year would be a year of healing. I thank you, Father, for the many physical healing miracles that we watched happen last year. We give you glory and honor for all of them. And Father, this year we pray we would see Uh, multitudes of healings that you would set people free that you would heal people from disease that you would bring healing into the lives of men and women and children Father I pray for relational healing this year I I, I pray Father that you, you would restore the hearts of husbands and wives to one another to you that you would restore relationships between fathers and mothers and children. You would restore relationships. Relationships that are broken or damaged that you would restore. We thank you God that uh, reconciliation is a part of your plan. It's not just the ministry you gave us but you allow us to participate in reconciliation that you Jesus have reconciled us to the heavenly father. Where there was no way, you made a way. And you've made us into a right relationship with you as a possibility. Father, today I pray for release from any addiction or any oppression, any hold that the enemy has on, on your kids. Father, I pray this week during this fast that you, you would give freedom and release, that you, you would give, uh, Father... The, Clarity of mind, and soundness of thought. Father, we pray that you would do something new, fresh, and powerful in our lives this week and in our church. This week, as we gather at lunchtime, would you meet us in, in such a new way, in a fresh way, and in a way that is a revelation? to who you are and what you're doing. Make us sensitive to you this week. Father, would you expand the ministry and the footprint of this church? Father, would you allow us to enter into a season of reaping? We've been sowing and sowing and sowing faithfully for a long time. Father, I pray that this year would be a year of tremendous harvest of people coming into the kingdom, of people being uh, discipled and and becoming disciples of Jesus and and growing in their newfound relationship with you. Father, may may this week be a week of uh, of those of us who already know you putting Jesus back on the throne of our lives and, and following after him, listening intently to the voice of God and responding to it. Father, we pray for miracles.
0: How
3: have a seat. We say, I surrender because we want to know the Lord more. That is our prayer today, and as we begin a fast is to know God more and to know Him closer, and as we enter into this week of prayer and fasting, there has to be a time when we humble ourselves before the Lord, when we posture ourselves in a submissive way to God and to humble ourselves before Him. 1 Peter 5, 6 says this, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. He's saying, humble yourself so that God may lift us up. And that involves us putting ourselves in a spirit of humbleness. Humbling simply means uh, that we're saying, God, we're coming under you. God, we're going to admit that our reliance is not on ourselves, but it's on you. And we're going to trust you. You know, all throughout scripture, you see people humble themselves before the Lord. And every time you see them hit their knees before the Lord, you literally see them take a posture of kneeling and bowing before the Lord. And so as we begin this week of fasting and we begin to kick this off, I'm going to ask today, would we humble ourselves before the Lord? And if you're physically able there at your seat, would you be willing to kneel there in your seat right now? Just turn around and kneel there in your seat. If you're not physically able, would you just posture your heart and humble your heart before the Lord? And maybe you're new today and you're new to this whole church thing and, and you're trying to understand today. We're just gonna praise what we're gonna do and prayer is simply talking to God and we kneel because we're coming under the authority of God. We're submitting to Him, and we're humbling ourselves, saying, God, you are number one. And so as you're kneeling and you're taking that, I just wanna lead you through a short prayer time. And as you're kneeling before the Lord right now, it always, a humble posture always begins with confessing our sin before a holy God. Psalm 32, five says this, I acknowledge my sin to you. To who? To God. And I did not cover up my iniquity, my wrongdoing. I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgive the iniquity of my sin. As the psalmist is saying, he's literally saying, I hit my knees in humility and God, I'm confessing that sin to you. And so I'm gonna ask us as a church right now where you're kneeled, where you're taking that humble posture before God, Would you confess the sin in your life? Would you acknowledge it? Confess it to God, because He went to a cross where He died and paid for that sin. All you gotta do is confess it. Maybe it's a sin of arrogance, that pride, a haughty spirit, Controlling? Would you confess it to him? Maybe there's a sin of idolatry. Maybe there's something in your life that's way more important than God. Today, would you confess that to him? Would you admit that to God and ask him to forgive you? Maybe it's a sin of lust could be for things, it could be sexual. Could be some of you in this room that you're hooked on pornography. And God wants to set you free today. But it begins with confession. Would you confess it to God? Maybe it's a sin of envy. You want what someone else has you desire their stuff, their position, their status. And you should say, God, I, I need to quit looking to them and I need to look to you. God, forgive me for that. God, I pray over this room. Whatever every one of us in here have sin that we need to deal with. And God, you tell us in your word in 1 John that if we will confess our sin, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God, you came to cleanse us, to purify us. God, would we receive that today? And God, would we confess that sin so we can receive your cleansing today and your forgiveness? God, I pray that over this room, I pray people will be set free because they've confessed the sin in their life. God, would you begin to change their pattern, that that whole word of repent, as Pastor mentioned, we're just turning a new way. And God, I pray that over them. God, would you set them free? As you continue in that posture of humility, I wanna ask you, what. What is the one thing that's worrying you? That you think about when you go to bed at night? When you get up in the morning, maybe all through the day, it's consuming you. Maybe it's financial. Maybe you're worried, hey, how am I going to pay the bills? Maybe it's a relationship with a friend or family or someone you know. Maybe it's a child that walked away from the Lord or it's just not in relationship with you at the moment and you worry and you and you've allowed that to become a fear in your life and right now that's got a hold of you can I ask you would you bring it and surrender to God now would you surrender would you bring it under his authority And instead of you and I trying to figure out how to do that, would you bring it under him? Yes, it feels like the storm's raging. Yes, it feels like it's all there, but would you let God control it and humble yourself to the point where you say, God, this is yours, take it. And this fear that you have, this worry that you have, would you replace that with peace? The peace of God, would you trust God to work it out? Replace that fear with faith. Don't let the fear have control. Right now, would you say, God, I don't give that fear control. I bring it under submission to you. And I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna put my faith in you. God, would you rise up faith within me? And would you take over this circumstance, this issue, whatever it is in my life? And God, I give it to you. Ask him. Here in a moment, I'm gonna pray over you and I'm gonna say amen. And we're gonna sing one more song, but I want you to listen, just hear these lyrics. Let me speak them over you that we're about to sing. It says, I'm not gonna be afraid because these waves are only waves. I'm not gonna be afraid. I'm not gonna fear. Here, I'm not gonna fear the storm. Why? Because you, God, you're greater. You're bigger than the storm. Oh, peace. Peace Here at church, peace, be still. You are here. God, you are here. So it is well. Oh, I love this. Even when my eyes can't see, I will trust who? The voice. Who's the voice? It's God Almighty. I will trust the voice that speaks. And then we kick into this. Let faith rise up. There's some of you today, you need to say that, God, I'm giving it to you. I, I hear you. I'm hearing the voice, even though I don't see it. I'm trusting you and I'm putting my faith in you. God, let faith rise up in me. Oh, let faith rise up. God, I pray that over this room right now. God, we, we want to, to submit this to you. God, we want to humble ourselves before you. God, we we don't control this. God, we want to bring it under your authority because you have control of all things. And God, when we put our faith in you, God, not in us, not in our circumstance, not in our situation, but God, when we lay it before you because you are the God that forgives, you are the God that heals. God, you are the God that has control of the entire universe. So God, we give it to you today. And God, we ask you to build that faith. God, help us to trust that you are God. And that you have all these things under your control. And God, may we submit them to you. And we pray it and we believe it in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me and would you worship?
4: fear the storm just because I hear it roar. I don't want to fear the storm. I don't want to fear the storm. I'm not gonna be afraid cuz these waves are only waves and I'm not gonna be afraid I'm not gonna be afraid and I'm not gonna fear the storm you are greater than its roar and I'm not gonna fear the storm up in me we pray that with me this morning let faith rise up oh heart believe let faith rise up in me
5: take a seat for me this morning, we have the privilege today to not only begin this week in, in humility and understanding our place before the Lord, but we have the privilege to pray beginning today and throughout this week for the very favor of God to be poured out in our relationship with Him and our relationship with those around us. The word favor is this really interesting word because it means an act of kindness that is undue or unlikely. And in scripture when the word favor is used, it is used interchangeably with the word grace. That God's grace is literally his unmerited, undeserved favor poured out on you and I. And so I wanna ask of you this morning, what area of your life is it that you are in need of God's favor in? What area are you desperate for God to do good things in? See, in Psalm chapter 48, it says this, that God is a sun and a shield. He bestows favor and honor. And the second part of the verse is my very favorite. It's been the meditation of my heart over the past few months. And it says this, that He will not withhold any good thing from those who walk uprightly that means the god who created you the god who sustains you right here in this moment he promises to never withhold from you any good thing that is the very god that we get the chance to call upon today so whether it's an area of your life that you feel like it's too big of a request maybe maybe it's a a situation or relationship in your marriage or with your children or with your parents, maybe it's an area of loneliness in your heart that you are desperate for God to fill with His favor. I want you to know that it is God's character to bestow that favor upon you because He began doing that when He sent His Son to die on a cross for us long before we knew His name. Long before we understood His great love for us, Christ demonstrated His love by dying on a cross for our sins. And so when we call upon the name of Jesus, we are calling upon the name of the God who desires to pour out favor, unmerited, undeserved grace in our lives. And so this this morning, I wanna ask of you that you would take just a moment, that you would write down, maybe on your worship guide or your notes, maybe make a note in your phone, that you would be bold enough to write down the area, the place, the thing, the relationship in your life that you are desperate for God to pour out His favor on that you would be bold enough to to speak it to write it to ask of the Lord to do something great and mighty knowing that he is an even greater and an even mightier god i love ephesians 320 it's one of my very favorite verses in all of scripture For a long, long time, God has laid that verse on my heart. And and I love it because it is true of God's character. It says this, that our God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above what we could ask for or even imagine. I love that. God's able to do more than I can even begin to imagine. So this morning, is it in your relationships? Is it in your financial situation? Are you desperate for God's favor in an area that you are struggling to believe that he could provide in? Maybe it's in your own heart that you are you are in need of God's favor to be poured out like peace on your anxious heart and mind. Church family, I want you to know that you have the opportunity, you have the privilege to boldly come before the throne of grace, which is what Hebrews says, to request favor from God because it is his character to give it to us. It's his promise that he will not withhold any good thing from you or I. So this morning, I want to ask that you bow your heads with me. Would you pray over the very thing that God's laid on your heart to ask boldly from Him? And as we pray, I pray that we would pray, Ephesians 3.20, that we would say, God, you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ask, all that I could imagine, so that your name might be made great. Would you pray with me this morning? Father. Gracious, powerful God, we thank you that when we call on your name, we are calling on the creator and sustainer of the universe, that we are calling out to a God who loved us so much that long before we knew you, God, long before we had ever heard your name, you chose to send your son to die on a cross, to pay the penalty of debt for sin that we owed. God, we thank you that that is how you demonstrate your love for us, that you promise us that in you, you will withhold no good thing from us. God, may we be children of yours who are bold in our requests. Father, as we lay before you these areas of our lives that that maybe we think are too big or we've we've struggled to believe that you're able to, to be big enough to work in, God, I pray that you would increase our faith, that you would increase our boldness. Father, may we be a church that believes that you are able to do exceedingly, abundantly above what we could ask for or imagine. God, not just so that our requests might be answered, but Father, above all else, so that our friends and our families, God, so that our workplaces, our city, the world around us might know the name of Jesus and that that name is above every name. Jesus, that they would know that you are able to do exceedingly, abundantly above what we could ask for or imagine. Jesus, it's in your powerful and amazing name we pray these things. Amen.
2: doesn't it just fire you up to know this church that we truly serve the God of heaven, a God of miracles that we say, we stake our life. We stake everything we are on who God is, that he is the God who can, he is the God who will. And when we come together as a church and we press into the throne that he invites us into, there is power and confidence and certainty. As Pastor was saying earlier in Luke chapter 4, Jesus stood up in the congregation and talked about his anointing and the mission that he had been called to to set the captives free, to minister to those who are in need. And in Luke chapter 10, he continues a little further and he begins to say in, in Luke 10 two, that these were the instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his fields. Now this is what we had know that 72 had been charged to go to the places that Jesus was about to go and preach. That he was raising those who would speak to the kingdom before him. And in this passage, there's two words that are repeated twice. The first one is harvest, and the second one is workers. But in the middle church, there's this command to pray to the Lord for workers to be sent into the harvest. Now, when I think about the harvest and and our week of praying and fasting and getting on our knees together as the body of Christ and calling out to our God, there's a reality that we have been planted right in the middle of Tulsa that God has given us an area to say, God, would you begin here? And every one of you has been given friends and coworkers, people in your class and on your team, people that live one or two or three houses down that are in desperate need of Jesus. The fields are very ready for harvest. But church, I, I know this that we believe that God is ready to open up and to do something amazing. We're not talking mediocre or average, we're talking God amazing revival things that will spring up out of Tulsa. But it begins with the house of God taking the message of God seriously. So I wonder if we would pray for those that are in our sphere of influence, that God has given you a connection with, a proximity to, or as Kate said, favor of God in their life. So as we pray this first time, I want to ask you to do something. I want you to take your hand, and I just want you to lift it up. In the the area of, uh, of, of influence that you know and say, God, I want to pray over what you've given me. I want to pray over my school. I want to pray over my friends. I want to pray over my neighborhood. But I want you to even go further as you reach out and say, God, do something in this area that you begin to pray by name for the people given. No more generics. We want specifics. So I'm going to invite you to pray for those that are lost, that are hurting, those that you do life shoulder to shoulder with, and you call them by name before God. And so we're going to pray out loud together. I want to hear your voice. No one's going to hear the names that you're saying, because we're all going to be saying them together, but saying, God, bring healing, bring salvation. Give me the ability to invest and invite God. You've given my life next to them. God, I'm calling out for them right now. So let's pray together out loud, God, and begin to list the people that are in your field of harvest. Let's pray together. Father, as you hear these names spoken, friends of longtime neighbors, friends, family, God, their names spoken to you, needing you to move in a powerful way. God, I pray that you would move and you would hear. Now, secondly, that word that popped up again was the word worker. And church, we're not talking about a worker, uh, the Isaiah 6 of, Lord, send me. We're we're under the assumption that this week we're going. We're not saying, Lord, send me. We're saying, God, make me the worker you want me to be. And Romans chapter 10 gives this beautiful picture of what the worker looks like. It's four things in Romans 9, and 10. It says this, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you were made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. That a worker has a heart full of vibrant faith. They know who their God is and they are known by their God. He goes on and says in verses 12 and 13, Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The second thing is eyes that see spiritually. Eyes that don't see money or status, race or ethnicity. But all people have a need for Jesus. That workers see with eyes that are spiritual. Third is verse 14 in Romans 10. It says, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? That you not only have a heart full of vibrant faith, but eyes that see spiritually, but thirdly, a mouth that speaks boldly. Hey church, sometimes we use that I'm gonna live a life that people are gonna respect as a crutch and I think we should do it and I think it speaks powerfully, but there is something sweet when someone is hurt and broken and in need, and you can speak words of truth and life over them. Thirdly, or fourthly, feet that faithfully go. Romans ten fifteen says, and how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. Church, God is calling us to take the message of the gospel, to invade every area, every business, every restaurant, every neighborhood, every school, every friend group, every family, with the good news that there is a God who loves and changes. this is what I'm asking everybody in the room to do. Please stand up with me. And I want you to grab two, three, four, five people around you. I don't want you to pray for the person, the people in your group, not for you, but for the people in your group to say, God, will you give them a heart full of vibrant faith? Will you give them eyes that see spiritually? Will you uh, give them a mouth that speaks boldly and feet that faithfully grow? Let's get in groups and let's pray. God, make us the workers to bring in revival. Let's pray together. I love to hear the sound of the prayers coming up to your throne. And God, this year, we are, we are, we're starting this week with our, our week of prayer saying, God, would you break through? God, you say in 2 Peter 3, 9, that you wish that none should perish, but all come to repentance. God, we're praying for a breakthrough. We're praying for salvation, for revival. And God, we're calling out as a group uh, to you for breakthrough. But God, in my heart, I know that there are people that have come in here today. God, that feel as a weight is tied around them. That they're drowning and they're being crushed over by the waves. And everything that they've tried, every good deed, every church attendance has been felt with with nothingness. And I wonder if there's someone you here today that say, Clint, I just need Jesus. I just need Jesus. The truth is this, that all of us have gone astray, that we have sinned against a holy God and there is a penalty of death on our lives. But there is a truth, that there is a God who loves you so much that he would sacrifice his own son so that you could be brought into relationship with him. So if you say today, Clint, I just need Jesus. I need to get my life right with him. I want you to pray something like this. God, I'm a sinner. And I know that the penalty is death. But God, I know that you love me. And that you gave your son to die in my place. That his blood was shed as a sacrifice. I also know that he rose from the grave victorious. And I ask today that you would forgive me of my sin. I ask that you save me today, God. God, right now I stand right here saying, God, save me. I need you. And in full repentance and faith, I give my life to you. And what we know is true is that we can say welcome to the family of God. So as we continue to pray for revival in our city and our church, let's continue to worship.
0: Earth revealing heaven's wonders Spirit spiritual. Spirit And what you spoke is now unfolding And all your children shall behold it and dreams awaken in this moment be recalled.
3: thank the Lord one more time for today. You can have a seat. There's some, sometimes you just come to church and you don't want it to end, right? It's just one of those days where you just sense the Spirit of the Lord among us. And so thanks for coming today. I, I hope God spoke to you and moved in your heart. Maybe earlier you today gave your life to Christ and you prayed with Clint when he prayed and you gave your life to Jesus today. We, we would love to know that. You, you can grab this little card. It's on the seat pocket in front of you. It's called a Connect card. Just pull it out. Fill it out while I'm talking here in a moment. The offering buckets will pass. You can drop it in there. Or if you miss those, you can drop it in the buckets at the door. But we want to help you. That journey with Christ is important, and we want to help you in that journey. Or maybe today this is your first time with us here at the Church of Battle Creek. And we're so excited you came today. Uh, that you can be a part of this. We would love to know you were here. We'd love to connect with you uh, and help you connect to our church. Same thing, if you just grab this connect card, fill it out, drop it in the offering buckets or the buckets at the door as you exit. Today, I'm gonna invite our auditorium hosts to come forward as we prepare to receive our offering. And now is the time when we just have an opportunity to give our tithes and our offerings to the Lord and be faithful in that. And so, ushers, you can go ahead and start passing those buckets and while they're passing those, I'll share a couple things with you. Uh, I don't know if you noticed today or not as you came in these west doors and you walked this way to the worship center, but right across the hall, uh, today is our grand opening to our brand new preschool area. And so, uh, can we thank the Lord for that? And we're going to see God do some incredible things, but I want to say thank you to you as a church. Uh The reason we were able to have that incredible area and to remodel it for families is because you've been giving. Uh, Three years ago, we began a MOVE initiative uh, that was specifically targeted to some big things. And one of those was redoing our preschool. And because of your faithfulness and giving, that has come to completion. We got rooms that are completely remodeled. They look amazing. Uh, We got connect areas where you can sit and talk and, and visit with families and one another. We got incredible new mother's rooms. And so thank you for giving to that. And here's what I'm really excited about. I'm really excited that now as we watch these kids, they come in as preschool and we build that foundation on the word of God in our life. And we watch a mom or dad come to church for the first time. And they walk in, they just smile. I'm gonna encourage you today, walk through that area because when you walk in there, you just, you just smile. It's just one of those places. And because you've given, we're going to be able to reach more families that have preschoolers. And so thank you for that. Thank you for your investment. And I encourage you, before you leave today, walk through that area. We've made it available for everyone to be able to walk through and see it. And so even if you don't have preschoolers, you need to walk through there and just see all that is taking place in that area. Uh, Also, this week, we've talked about it all day, is our week of prayer and fasting. Don't forget your devotional guide. We put them in the seats for you Uh, today. You can have that. And then the prayer card, if you did not turn that in, we want to pray with you. Whatever your prayer request is, we want to pray with you and believe the Lord in faith that He's going to answer those. So if if you miss dropping that in the bucket, there's buckets at the doors, you can drop it in there or bring it by the connect. Center, just out the back doors uh, to your left as you exit today. And and as we end next Sunday night, you will want to mark this on your calendar, because as we conclude the fast next Sunday, next Sunday night, we're bringing all our campuses to right to this room, and we're going to have a night of worship in this room. And I tell you, Man, you you do not want to miss it because coming out of a fast and people praying and seeing God deliver them from things, set them free from things, answer prayer, heal people. Listen, there's something about a worship service on the back end of a fast where we just worship the Lord and the Spirit of the Lord falls that, that you can't experience unless you're here. And so mark it on your calendar. Next Sunday night, right here in this room, you come join us. And then if you are new, maybe today's your first day, or maybe you've been coming over the past couple weeks uh, to the church at Battle Creek, Pastor Alex hosts a dinner and he wants to invite you to it. He is personally inviting you to come join him for dinner with the pastor and literally a place where you can find out a lot about who we are as a church. He'll share his story, where we've been, where we're going, how you can connect and use your gifts and talents in this body for the Lord. And, and to use those for the kingdom. And so you mark that on your calendar. You come, go to thechurch.at slash events and click on the dinner with the pastor tab for that. Uh, again, we're so excited you're here today. If you are a guest, Pastor Alex would love to meet you. Just as you exit the back doors today, he'll be on your left just past the coffee shop. Thank you again for worshiping with us today. We will see you throughout this week.
1: Hey, thanks for joining us today on